You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Love Talk Live. I'm your host, Jamie Bronstein, and today I have with me Michael Unbroken. Welcome. What is up, my friends? Pleasure to be here. So great to see you again. We met a few weeks ago, a month ago at a conference in New York, and it was just extraordinary. And we were strategically placed next to each other. And so we have to take advantage of why were we placed next to each other. And I think one of the reasons was so that I could interview you on my show. I I love the serendipity of the universe, even though sometimes it is planned in advance. (laughs) I know, but the thing is, we didn't, it's like, we didn't see each other and we didn't say we want to sit next to each other. That would have been planned. We had no control. They placed us. So it's like Chris and John, they were the people that did the, did the conference. They were like, God, (laughs) they were like the universe that placed us together. Okay, Jenna, because if you're watching, we just, I just called you guys God. Um, they're, anyhow, they're going to love that. <laughs> they will. Okay. Hi. Shout out, Chris and Jen. Okay. So I'm going to read you guys a little bit about Michael, and then we're going to get into such ama- amazing topics because um, this man is just extraordinary. So here it goes. From homeless to hero, Michael Unbroken is the founder of Think Unbroken, best selling author, award winning speaker, podcast host coach and advocate for adult survivors of childhood trauma. Since 2016, Michael has empowered over 100,000 trauma survivors to get out of the vortex. We're going to learn about that. Learn how to love themselves and become the hero of their own story. Michael has spoken in over 80 countries, won investments from undercover billionaire Grant Cardone, and is on a mission to end generational trauma in his lifetime. And I feel the pain passion and the energy, even through those words. So Michael, can you, can you, you can start anywhere. Tell us how you got to do this. Tell us, um, also the, how you, how you take someone through the process of going from trauma to knowing that they are unbroken. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I think like most entrepreneurs and business owners and people who identify something wrong in the world, they often, and I'll include myself in that, want to create change. So, you know, whereas Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world, I took that literally um, and just started this process of doing so. Because like many people in this country and around the world, I grew up a, a victim of childhood trauma and abuse. When I was four years old, my mother, who was a drug addict and alcoholic, Uh, She actually cut off my right index finger. So if that gives you any context, that's a starting point. Uh, Super abusive stepfather, spent the majority of my childhood homeless. In fact, we live with 30 different families between 8 to 12 years old. Um, When I got adopted when I was 12, um, which you think would be a godsend, really wasn't because I'm biracial, black and white. And my grandma's an old racist white lady from a town in Tennessee you never heard of. So obviously introduce uh, identity crisis. And so as a coping mechanism, I moved towards drugs and alcohol. I was uh, I'd call myself a drug addict at 12 years old, marijuana, popping pills, getting drunk every day. 
got expelled from high school, uh, did not graduate high school, ended up having the diploma handed to me, and they go, you got to get the hell out of here. And so I was just trying to figure out how to navigate the world and life and trauma and abuse and all the chaos of everything. And uh, I landed a job at a very young age with a Fortune 10 company where I started making six figures. And that was with no high school diploma, no college education. And uh, it pretty much destroyed my life. Um, because I had access to capital to do whatever I wanted with. And so fast forward a bit, I was 350 pounds, smoking two packs a day, drinking myself to sleep, cheating on my girlfriend, getting my cars repoed, $40,000 in debt. And that's when I put a gun in my mouth. I was done. I was just like, I thought this money solved all these problems. And it doesn't. And, and I realized the next day laying in bed, now keep in mind, I'm 350 pounds, I'm eating chocolate cake, smoking a joint and watching the CrossFit games uh, that I had hit rock bottom. And, and in that, I made a decision and I asked myself, what are you willing to do to have the life that you want to have? The answer became no excuses, just results. And, you know, fast forward 11 years later, here I am talking to you. And so this process to answer the second half of your question, you know, being unbroken is this place where you come to terms with the truth of your life. And it, it starts in discomfort. It starts in suffering. And, and people don't always understand the definition of suffering. And it basically means to be uncomfortable. And in order to grow, to heal, you have to first acknowledge. And one of the biggest things that I did, which a lot of people do, specifically men, what we do is we stuff it down. No, I'm good. I'm fine. It didn't impact me. And I'm like, are you sure? Because I'm pretty sure you're in a terrible relationship you're getting underpaid you're completely overweight and you play video games all day you sure you're good because you're probably not and so that was my experience and and what i've done and what i've been able to build over the last five six years seven years now is uh, curriculum coaching programs podcasts all those things just to give people tools because ultimately like you can ideate on what it means to create change in your life all day long, but it's only through support and actual execution do you find that your life actually begins to change. And so, I mean, there's a variety of ways that you step into that, but ultimately it always, always begins with acknowledging. And acknowledgement is not culpability. So I want to be super clear about that. Like, it is not my fault my mom cut my finger off or I was homeless or I was a drug addict at such a young age. It's not your fault that you went through so many abusive experiences either. But guess what? And this is the hardest truth about human existence. You're not a child anymore. And so you need to be willing to take responsibility for what's next in your life, not for the past, but every moment from today forward. And that's ultimately what Think Unbroken has become is this leverage for people to be able to step into what's next. Amazing. Okay. So, so many things I... I that are coming to me. The first is you, there are a lot of people that have experienced trauma in their life and, but not everybody realizes or has the willingness or wants to, to be better, to be the best that they can be. And then also to give back. So your life could have gone very differently, just like a lot of people's lives. But there was something inside of you, which is so beautiful. There was something inside of you that said there has to be more. And so I love that instead of, instead of making it worse, 
you took what had happened for you, because I always say that life happens for us, not to us. And you looked at it as an opportunity to heal, to learn and to grow, and then to serve. Now to serve. This is your life's mission and your passion. And I believe that changing people's lives is just one of the best, most beautiful things that you can do, one can do in their lives, and, and you're doing it. So congratulations. Yeah, but you know what? And, and I want to be very clear about this. That came after a thousand rock bottoms, right? That yeah. came after disaster after disaster after, you know, I go look at like 26 to 29. It was like, fuck, one step forward, eight million steps backwards. And it, and it became this iterative process. And, and that's kind of what I always want to share with people is like, there was no magic 180. I didn't suddenly become this version of me. It was this slow, integral process of continually doing incredibly uncomfortable things again and again and again. In and, and building confidence, right? Because ultimately, the, the thing that people don't understand is like childhood trauma, like what that carries with it is actually the theft of identity, right? It, it's not the pain. It's not the suffering. It's hell. It's not even the cuts and burns. It's, it's that you have to learn to turn off who you are as a survival mechanism. And so for me, the most dangerous thing I could do as a kid was walk through my front door and have an opinion. And your brain, as a response to that, which it's only real service is protection and survival says, wait a second. You mean to tell me if I get my ass kicked every time I'm me, then that's dangerous. So I'm actually not going to be me because then I'm safe. And then the worst part about that is that serves you for a period of time. And so when you're eight, 12, 17 years old, like it keeps you safe. You become a chameleon, you bend yourself to the world. And that's what I did for a very long time. And then you realize when you're 22, 36, Six, 58 years old, you have no idea who you are. You have no idea how to hold true to boundaries. You don't know what your values, wants, needs, interests, your capacity for who it is that you are. And in real time, what you have to do is create yourself. And that was the experience that I had and am having every single day, except now, whereas you know, 18 years old, I was like, oh, I want to make 100 grand a year. And that being the defining factor of my life. Now it's like, oh, how do I show up self actualized every single day in alignment with my values, my wants, needs and interests and who it is that want to be tomorrow today? Okay, so can you take us through? So we've heard how you did it. But I a question for you is, I know there wasn't necessarily one moment because you said you had a bunch of rock bottoms, but you know, I was saying before, like not everybody does turn their life around. So what do you mm -hmm. think it is inside of you personally that you knew that you were meant for something greater? Well, I, you know what? I, I knew that as a kid, like uh, it's hard for me to explain, but I remember just kind of making me I'll give you context. One of the greatest things I experienced as a kid was being homeless because when I would be in all these different homes, I would see all these different interactions, all these different lifestyles, all these different cultures. And I always thought to myself, like, I'm living in something that's not real. This pain, this suffering, them turning off our lights, getting evicted, the beatings, the no running water, the dirty laundry, the drugs everywhere, the alcohol. I was like, Oh, this isn't real. And so when the matrix came out, I remember watching that film and be like, 
oh, holy shit, I'm literally in the matrix. And so at 13 years old, I was like, okay, cool. All I got to do is figure out how to like, like Neo, bend the spoon, and eventually I'll be able to have my life. And so I always knew I was supposed to do something great. I always knew I was supposed to do something big. But like so many people, I had to reclaim my identity. I had to salvage whatever it was that I had inside of me that had been stripped away. And that's the thing that people have to do. And I'll, I'll tell you the key in the way that you do that. And it's super difficult and incredibly uncomfortable, and you're going to hate everything that I'm about to say. But the only way you're ever going to truly know who you are, to do something great, and to live into that thing that's always been inside of you, is that you have to do that fucking thing that keeps you awake at night. You have to face the truth of your life. And I'm not saying that you have to beat yourself up or judge yourself like you've already done that enough. That hasn't gotten you anywhere. So you might as well stop. But what you do have to do is you have to look at and say, wait a second, where am I not showing up? What is the thing that keeps me awake? What are the problems in my life that I'm not solving? What am I running from? What am I hiding from? What am I avoiding? And and Jamie, what happened is I made a declaration of myself when I said what life, what am I willing to do to have the life that I want to have? The answer was no excuses, just results. And what that meant was I was no longer going to be the victim. It's so easy to be the victim. And I used to blame everybody. It was everyone's fault that my life was terrible. My parents' fault, community's fault, your fault, Obama's fault. Like it was everybody's fault. It was never Michael's fault until it was. And when I took that kind of accountability in my life and I started addressing the drinking, the drugs, the alcohol, the women, the money, the cars, the clothes, the debt, the, the pain, the suffering, the hurt, all of the things that used to keep me awake at night, I was able to start walking through that darkness and see this light. And I never imagined this would be the thing that I was doing. I was just trying to get myself unfucked, right? And so it just happened to become this because I kept sharing, I kept talking, I kept having these experiences where I was like, oh, maybe if I put this into the world, it will help someone. But we were often blocked because of our decisions or lack of decisions for that matter. And you get trapped in this idea about worth. And people are always like, well, how do you become unbroken? How do you be the person you are? And it's like, well, at 27, I started with zero confidence. And now I speak on the biggest stages in the world. But this process started iteratively with one thing at a time and learning a lot of lessons a really, really hard way. And so like, that's the key to it. Like people are always like, well, what do you do? It's just like what you asked me. You faced your fucking reality. Start doing the things you need to do and watch on a long enough timeline how different your life becomes. Well, I love that you're saying just start somewhere, you know, instead of feeling so overwhelmed and which is what most people do, they want Mm -hmm. to get somewhere and they feel like, how am I going to get from A to Z? And then they do nothing. So I have the same mentality, just take action, start somewhere and start small, take one step and then see the validation that happens from the universe, see that feedback. And then you have that confidence and you take that next step. I also want to address what you were talking about, about victim mode, which I call it. So you are so right that people are either, you're either in victim mode or you are blaming. And when you can start owning your stuff and, and 
looking at yourself not as a victim, then your whole life changes because I'm a very spiritual person and I believe that the universe gives us what we focus on. So if you identify as a victim and if you're focused on that, then the universe is going to give you experience after experience after experience. It's just going to confirm that you are a victim. So I love this work that you're doing, that you're empowering people to say you're not a victim and for them to start identifying as unbroken so that the universe can continue to give them experiences that just prove that they're, that people are not unbroken. Your past does not need to be a predictor of your present or your future. Yeah. But you have to decide. And, yeah. and, and there are people who, and a, a hard truth about this, I, I see it all the time is, you know, people don't want to invest in themselves. They don't want to read the book. They don't want to buy the coaching program. They don't want to give up the Netflix and the Cheetos and the Mountain Dew and the drugs and the alcohol and the strip clubs. So I'm going to tell you something that's really uncomfortable. You don't get a complaint. Just shut up. If you are not yeah. willing to step into it, you don't get to complain. And here's why, because you're not making decisions that make your life better. <laughs> and you want to point the finger at everybody else when the greatest thing that you'll ever do is go stand in front of the mirror and get truthful with yourself. And, and that's not me being an asshole to you, I promise. I'm just telling you facts. Change only happens when you make change happen. And you're not going to magic yourself. You're not going to secret yourself. There ain't no Disney moment. Nobody's coming to save you. And so until you get in alignment with that, either do something or stop talking about how awful your life is because you have a decision to make. And people always go, well, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? I'm like, yeah, we all have these experiences of life. And it's not that I don't have empathy for you because I'm so sorry that those bad things have happened to you. It's unfair. It sucks. Like there's nothing worse to me on planet earth than the fact that I have thousands of people who come to my programs and listen to my show and all these things. I shouldn't have one of the top podcasts in the world. I shouldn't. It should not exist. Why? Because if we did our job effectively as adults and parents and leaders and communities and generations, we wouldn't have this, but we do. And since we do get in check with reality of the world that you live in right now and ask yourself, what am I willing to do to have the life that I want to have? And I'm telling you right now, I swear to God, if the answer is anything short of no excuses, just results, nothing's going to be different. I, yeah, I love that we're talking about excuses because that people are constantly giving excuses and people are putting limitations on themselves. They don't realize that there is abundance in this world and that everything that they desire, they can have. They stop themselves because of their limitations and their excuses. So I love this. There's no complaining, no excuses, own up, take action and make it happen because no one else is going to do it for you. And yeah. I know one of the things that you want to talk about, which I love, is, is community and and asking for help. Because as much as as much as we do need to take action and and we need to make the choice to make things happen, the most successful people in the world have said they didn't do it literally by themselves. And I know you're a big advocate, and obviously I am, of coaching and therapy. I'm a therapist and a coach. So, but it's not just that therapy and having a coach. It's also asking for help with whatever it is to help you get from A to Z, 
in your business, in your life, in your, in your whatever. So there is that internal moment. You have to have that moment of I'm going to do this and there's no excuses and no complaints, but then also who can be there to support me and who can help me as well. Yeah. And, and chances are, if you really sit in this, it'll, it might change your life. You've only been able to get to where you are based on the knowledge and experience that you have. And if you're good at where you're at, great. If you're happy, if you're content, you already won. Like, that's the whole game. Like, fine. But if you're like, I want more, I want abundance, I want happiness and health and love and companionship and joy and have fruitfulness and all the things that life has available for you, chances are you're not going to get it on your own because you've gotten as far as you can get with the tools that you have. And so you have to be willing to go and seek help. I mean, I have mentorship and I'm mentored by some of the greatest minds in the world, right? But I had to pay for it. Good Lord, God forbid you have to actually invest in yourself, right? right? Yeah. And and look, and I'm the dude who I wouldn't spend $5 on a book, like for real. At the beginning of this journey, I was like, nope, if it ain't free, it can't help me. That is like the ultimate fixed mindset. And so it, now I just think to myself, cool, well, how do I get into a $50,000 program? How do I get into a $500,000 program? How do I get one day into a million dollar program, right? Because as you grow, as you build, not only at that, but like when you heal, Watch your life change financially, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, from an intimacy standpoint, the whole nine. But you can't do it on your own because you've already gotten as far as you're going to get. And look, you can read the books, and I've read over 500 books in my life, but there's nothing that is going to bring you as much value as like raising your hand in a room and being like, I have a question. Yeah, well, part of that is then you get to be seen and heard. And that is such a beautiful thing. And then also then you get that one-on-one -on -one right there, coaching from whoever is, is the teacher. Shout out Chris and Jen. <laughs> Again, if you happen to see this, because that was powerful. And by the way, just whoever is watching, I just want to tell everybody about the pitch tank that, that occurred at this conference. There was, I don't know how many people who applied for this, but um, four people were chosen and one was Michael. And there were uh, there was a panel of media and Michael pitched his business, your message, your mission. And he, I'm like you, he, <laughs> should I talk to you? Should I talk to the audience? I'm going to talk to the audience right now. He knocked it out of the park and I wasn't surprised. So anyhow, that's just a little like commercial. Yeah, but can I, can I tell you how I did that though? Yeah. Look, I'll give you the, it's the same way I got Grant Cardone to invest in my business in front of 10,000 people. It's the same way that I've spoken on the biggest stages in the world. It's the same way I've done anything. Yeah. I decided it was done before it even happened. I played it through my head a million times. I wrote it down. I executed against it. You know, and there, there's a section, I'll give you context, like, before we actually went up on stage and did that, I went outside for two hours. I did not have lunch with anybody, was not around, and I went through what it was like to do that in my head again and again and again. And I'm not saying that I was the best, which I probably was, but I believed in my heart that I was. I believe that, like, no one's going to be better than me today. And, and that starts with the willingness to not only visualize it, but then when the time comes to believe that you can do it. And here's the interesting part about that, though. Rewind six years ago. 
when there was no one in the rooms, no one when I was on stage, three people came to the workshop, five people signed up for the event. I'd go and talk to the fucking mirror. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, again, what do you want? It's not enough to believe you have to put in the reps. And now I would consider myself one of the greatest public speakers in the country. But it didn't start like that. It started with me fumbling and being terrible and learning how to hold a mic and doing Toastmasters and doing improv classes and stand up comedy and all these things to learn how to be on a stage. And so I don't want people to think like, oh, yeah, just suddenly you're great at something because you're not. It just takes time and effort and energy. And then asking for help. I've had so many people help me on that pitch over the course of the last six years. It's unbelievable. Well, I like what you're saying about you can visualize all you want. However, you have to also believe in what you're visualizing and believe in yourself. You can't just, it's like, you can't just know and have the tools can't know it up here you have to embody them in order for change to occur so yes visualize but also believe that it's going to happen and you really did knock it out of the park you really did thank you and I'm just I really am so impressed I don't know if you remember this and but after the conference I went up to Michael and I've always been fascinated by the distinction between confident and cocky do you remember we had this like short conversation briefly and to be honest there was so much going on that I don't know if I actually brought this up with you but I think I did I think I went up to you and I said and we and I said I feel like you are so confident you're not cocky but you're like confident and then you said something like no I am cocky and then you explained to me what your definition of of that means yeah makes sense yeah, and look, and that's people without context are gonna be like, fuck that guy. But like, but but what it is is if you don't believe in yourself, who will? Right. And so do I, I there's a fine line between arrogance and cockiness and Thank confidence, you. right? Yeah. So it's a fine line. And and I operate in this space where I'm so open-minded when somebody tells me where I'm wrong or why I'm wrong or how to improve, like I'm the first one to adopt it. But you have to have the steadfast belief in yourself that makes people uncomfortable. Like, you know, there is a level to confidence that people get uncomfortable. And again, it's a fine line. Cockiness to me isn't the worst thing in the world if you know how to effectively deploy it. Like in my head, getting on a stage, writing a book, having a podcast, believing in myself, I like I got to prop myself up because when I was 27 years old, I realized I had no confidence. I never believed in myself. All I ever did was whatever somebody else needed me to do to be seen, felt, heard, understood. And the more that I've grown into being okay with who I am, it's like, yeah, I got a little bit of a fucking chip on my shoulder. I should. I've been through hell and back, and you should too. And if you're not willing to step up for yourself, nobody's going to do it for you. And people will always have these conversations about you should be humble and shouldn't let your ego lead. I'm like, yes, and maybe you should feed your ego. Maybe you should feed the thing that drives you. Maybe you should really take ownership over your greatness and not fucking apologize for it because you've been doing it your whole life. Well, I like what you're saying about that arrogance is different than cockiness. Arrogance is when you're yes. always right. You can't own up. You 
you aren't open to listening. So you got to be like foolhardy to be, yeah, you know, you got to be pretty foolhardy to be arrogant. Yeah. There'd be like a narcissist, a sociopath, someone who's not able to relate and have a relationship. Absolutely. Which brings me to (laughs) a few more minutes. Um, How do you feel since this is love talk live? How do you feel? (laughs) You're like, Um, and I have some funny stories, but we'll save them for another time. (laughs) Some funny stories about things that, um, just anyhow, from the conference that I was busting your chops about, but anyhow, um, just little text messages and things that I saw on your phone. Um, cause I was sitting right behind him. So I was, it was really fun, especially for me to sit and see things. So what, so what you're saying is you're a creep. <laughs> I, I was a little stalking you because, um, it's fun for me. <laughs> this is what I do. Um, I like, well, I mean, my job, people tell me about their relationships. And so it's like, I'm a nosy person, but then instead of just leaving it there, I get to take it to the next level. Cause then I actually help them. Anyhow, I had the greatest job in the world. Okay, so here's my question for those out there who have suffered from suffered from trap from trauma. I, I hate even using the word suffer because people are suffering in their lives every day and they don't have to be suffering, and that's why we're both doing this work. So anybody who has any type of trauma, big, small, any type of unresolved issue, any type of negative narrative that's going on in your mind, and you think you can't get past it. You can get past it and you can have relationships. So my question for you is, how has your, your relation, how have your relationships changed? Relationships in general and also your romantic life going from not being confident to being who you are now in the world. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, hubris played a huge role in my life, especially when I was younger, because to me, it was this giant wall that I had up to be incredibly stubborn, right? But not only to be stubborn, but to make sure I was always right, even when I wasn't right, which I can assure you most of the time I was not. And so, you know, it that ends up putting a certain kind of person into your life, right? And you get into these abusive or toxic relationships, whether it's mentally, emotionally, physically, whatever. And and you kind of start to spin this yarn about how you're this certain kind of person. Again, the ultimate fixed mindset. And as I started to go through this process of healing, you know, I started reflecting on relationships, friendships, careers. And I think to myself, there is no way in hell I would be anywhere in the room with some of those people today. And that comes from doing the work because, you see, I I used to think like, you know, if I could be what they wanted to be or if I could be the smartest guy in the room, if I could be the person that everyone thought had it all together, then people would love me. They'd care about me. They'd give me admiration, companionship, empathy, sympathy, like whatever it was. And as I got deep into doing the work and I got into healing and I've discovered the truth that nobody's going to fill you up. And you hear this all the time. I'm not telling you nothing new. I promise. But like until you actually experience it, you don't really understand what it is. And as I started to experience it, it started changing the way I think about the dynamics of friendships of relationships, of intimacy and sex, of dating, of conversation, of business, of leadership, of everything, because 
because it is this level of self-awareness and vulnerability that helps you create authenticity. And authenticity is the highest vibrating frequency known to man. It's the same reason why you have that thing like, oh, my gut right and when you don't follow your gut you always like eight days later you're like oh, i knew it right and mm -hmm. so like that's the thing about this like the the deeper you get into the healing journey the better the more fulfilling the more loving the more gracious the more kind your relationships are and the better intimacy is right because many 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 trauma survivors and i include myself in this we just have this meaningless sex with whoever is willing to get in bed with us or at the restaurant or behind the dumpster like whatever right and so you're like in this position in life where when you heal you start to go wait a second that's my energy that's my capacity that's who i am i can't just give that away willy-nilly for lack of a better way to phrase that but you you start to have intention behind those relationships those those connections those experiences because when you have that intention and when you have the willingness to have real vulnerability and real authenticity you actually get something so much more beautiful than an orgasm amen <laughs> um so i think that was the first time anybody said the word orgasm on my show i love that and right before you were like can i swear i was like of course um orgasm okay so i'm not ready for that so anyhow Yes, I love, okay, I feel like I'm a newscaster getting back to the news. So I love that we're talking about authenticity because I agree and I'm a huge fan and I'm writing a book on manifesting love, law of attraction. If we are not showing up as our authentic selves, we will not bring in that which is aligned with our true self. And so it makes sense that you were saying in the past, you were bringing in what you were showing up as and then once you learned how to show up as your authentic self, you healed, everything changed. And that's yeah. how it works. Yep. It's it's incredible. You hear this all the time. And I hate to always go back to things that are cliche, but they're cliche for a reason. Go and, go and take – I actually literally just wrote about this today. Go and take inventory of the people around you. Go look at their lives. Go look at their relationships, their finances, their physical health, their mental health, their emotional health. Go look at the, I mean, hell, the clothes they wear, the car they drive, the kind of food they put in. They're like everything that you can think about about them. Do they read books? Are they watching television all day long? Are they building something? Go and look at exactly who those seven to 10 people in your life are that are closest to you and ask yourself how they're showing up in the world and then look at the way that you actually mirror that. Yes. And yeah. it will blow your freaking mind. Yeah. It will blow your mind because you're sitting here. This is me. I used to look at like I did the math one time. I estimated that I have spent over one year of my life watching football and when i did that do you know what happened i immediately stopped watching football because wow. i was in an environment where that's what all the guys did all we did we watched football and we drank sundays yeah. mondays thursdays saturdays go do the math it's crazy now it's like how many books can i read how many conferences i go to how much um education can i bring into my life how much can i learn how much can i grow who do i need to be around and so you know if your life isn't what you want it to be and and look people serve a reason and a purpose in your life and there are seasons to this it's the same yeah. as relationships right go look at the kind of relationships that you were around as a child was there violence was there yelling was there screaming 
blaming was there abuse and then go look at the relationship that you're in with your intimate partner is there a mirror there right and so much about this is again that that actualization that self-awareness and that growth into oneself because you have to be able to get unabashedly and nakedly honest with yourself in order to create change in your life and a lot of that change you're going to find comes from the willingness to be truthful about the people in your life who influence your decisions every day once again hallelujah and amen Okay, so we could go on and on and on, um, especially about the relationship thing and me looking at your text messages. <laughs> but <laughs> not, we're out of time. We're out of time. So um, before we leave, could you please tell everybody's watching, just plug yourself away. Website, Instagram, how can people find you, etc. Go books. Yeah, I'm I'm everywhere on social at Michael Unbroken, um, and then thinkunbroken.com is where you'll find the podcast. My book is for free. You don't have to pay for it. You can if you want to. It doesn't matter to me. I don't care about the money. Um, there's tons of free resources, tons of free courses, tons of paid stuff too. So whatever it is that you need, it's there for you. If you just go to thinkunbroken.com. And you do work with people one-on-one in groups and stuff like that? Rarely one-on-one, but a lot of group stuff. And we're actually getting ready to launch our next group program called Unbroken Men um, in August. So that is around the corner. Wonderful, wonderful. And and do you have a – if people go to your website, they can sign up for your newsletter, things like that? Yeah, everything's there. Okay, wonderful. And as always, everybody can find me at therelationshipexpert.com. All my – everything is there. So, Michael, it was such a pleasure. You are beyond inspiring. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you. It was wonderful to see you. And everybody join me on Love Talk Live on Only Talk Radio every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific time. Have a wonderful week, Michael, and everyone. Thank you. You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on L.A. Talk Radio.